One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. It's great to have your company just gone midday Eastern Standard Time. That means it's time for the call. 10 stocks that you suggest. Two experts to give their opinion. We do it all in 60 minutes. It's uh, one of my favourite parts of the day here on Ausbiz. And uh, well, we're joined by what we call the dream team of uh, the call today. You're pretty lucky. Uh, we have uh, Rudy Philippek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, good to see you. Welcome. It's good to be part of the Dream Team. And uh, the other part of it is his, uh, is his compatriot in arms, uh, Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Claude, good to see you. Great to be here. Thanks. Um, and Claude, uh, Rudy is absolutely beside himself because not only have we got Technology One, as one of our suggested stocks today, but also CSL. Well, uh, from our viewers, we'll get to them later. But you can imagine the smile on his face. Yeah, as soon as I saw that lineup, I thought he must be really happy with that. And I have to say, I'm pretty pleased myself because it's some good companies to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to a point where Sarah, our producer, when she gave me the list, said, has Rudy had an input into this? to keep clogging <laughs> Technology One and CSL. Anyhow, I've, I've become a sucker for it because I bought some CSL on the pullback, like you told me to, for my superannuation fund the other week. So uh, I'll be interested in your, your thoughts on Technology One. Uh, we'll get to your stocks, 10 stocks, all up, including CSL and te- Technology One in a minute. But uh, I always choose a stock that is in the news um, for the view of the team and today at Sonic Healthcare, a bit of a favourite of the call. Um, but yesterday it says it expects to earn around the same as last year as it bounces back from the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the global pathology company had previously expected earnings to grow six to 8%, but withdrew that guidance as lockdowns began. Sonic Healthcare gained 4.7% in yesterday's trade, um, even though it said it wasn't going to deliver on that, that previous forecast. So, Rudy, what do you think of Sonic Healthcare? And coming out and giving market direction, is that the key to this announcement? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I think there's both sides to Sonic. On one hand, <clears throat> its, it's normal operations obviously have been impacted because as we, as we locked yep. down societies, uh, they couldn't no longer do their testing. Uh, on the other hand, um, the testing... The extra testing they got was the, the COVID-19 testing, yep. which is, um, turns out to be very profitable for them. Yep. And, uh, but I, wouldn't, I, would, I would wait for a cheaper share price, okay. to be honest. All right. Claude, what do you think of uh, Sonic after the announcement? Yeah, I really like it. Uh, I actually bought this one uh, during the COVID sell-off because I saw it as doing reasonably well out of the COVID testing that should need to take place. Now, of course, you do have that uh, hold up that Rudy mentioned 
regarding the normal testing, which some of that is quite flexible and obviously falls off a cliff when you go into lockdown. But the thing is, a lot of that testing still will need to happen. So it's not just completely, dis some of it is, but not all of that revenue is completely gone. So some of that should actually bounce back reasonably strongly sometime in the future. And on top of that, you've got this, the COVID testing. And the reason I really like Sonic and actually was considering buying more today and may well buy some today or not, if not today, this is definitely high up on my list because I've turned myself into quite a healthcare investor during this pandemic. And I don't have a large amount of Sonic shares, just a medium to small amount. And I'd like to have a larger holding of this company because I see it as a way of somewhat hedging the, the possibility that it takes longer to get past this pandemic than people think. And in the absence of a vaccine, all you can really do is test, test, test and trace. So, mm. I, yeah, I really quite like this one. It, I guess it's, it's probably still a buy for me, although just with the caveat being that, you know, obviously it's had some of its re-rate back up now and it's not as good value as it was. But still, generally, I think that's a good position. The final point I'll add is this. Uh, in an environment where central banks are making it really easy for companies to borrow money, even companies that are really in trouble, a company like this is going to have no problem having really low interest costs which can be kind of powerful for them because essentially there's no way the governments are going to let a business like Sonic fail or anything like that. So they'll be considered a very good uh, person to lend to. So I don't think the risk is too bad with Sonic either. And as a result, I feel fairly good about this company. Okay. All right. So uh, a tick for, uh, for Sonic Healthcare after the announcement yesterday. Claude saying still at, uh, good at this price. Rudy likes the business. But if you combine a pullback, that is uh, the secret for him. All right, let's start getting into the stocks that you've recommended, the 10 stocks. Uh, Max, thank you for the first suggestion. Gale Pacific. Now, um, I'd never heard of Gale Pacific before, uh, Rudy. It, and when I, I read it's in uh, high quality polymer shade fab fabrics. So I was thinking, what the hell's that? Uh, but it's the big awnings, isn't it? You, yes. You see, and uh, the big sales people have over their gardens and in industrial it's, it's, it's basically, estates. It's basically like textile, that. but it's very, very, very robust, very yeah. strong. They also yeah. have, they also use it in, in the agricultural sector as well. Right, okay. So there's, there's a lot of, I mean, they even make the masks for, I'm assuming that's where the question comes from. Right. They make masks that are reusable. Oh, okay. So they, what? Uh, did they pivot towards that, or no? They, 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 they just recently. No, I think what? they just recently. Recently, added it to me. Yeah. That's, okay. that's what you do yeah. as a business. Yeah, right? exactly. So, um, the one thing, the one thing I, sh I should warn everyone is this is this is essentially a small business. Yeah. It's really small. Right? I, I, the, I was surprised it was listed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the um, the daily volume in the shares is incredibly low. Right. right? Like it is. I mean, if 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 any punter puts some money in there, the share price moves. You know right. right? Okay. So those are already two reasons for me to warn people about risk. I mean, risk means volatility in either direction. Yep. And it's also the reason why I personally, I I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't consider investing in in a, in a type of stock like that. Right. It's way too risky. Uh, this um, little changes in the trajectory can make a big impact on the business and on the share price. Right. So for that reason, I, 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 would, I would think it's too risky. To be right. but it's and liquidity is a big thing too, absolutely. isn't it? Like absolutely. If, if this tanks, um, 
it's great to buy into a stock, but you want to make sure you can get out of exactly. it. But it's also what people have to realise, well, if liquidity withdraws from the share market, basically if we go through a period of risk off, yeah. those stocks have just been clobbered. Right. There will be no liquidity around for, the, for right. those. Because there's no buying to support Exactly, it. exactly. Right. So okay. we just have to, and for that reason, I wouldn't recommend it. Right. Um, Claude, what do you think of Gale? Well, I think it's a really interesting uh, one to submit from your viewer, and I really uh, do like looking at this smaller end of the market, personally. However, to add on to what Rudy said, which is some really key risk points that someone should be aware of, I'd also mention there's a lot of moving parts in this business, because while it has the masking, it also is basically a manufacturer that uh, does these shade sales for Sun and also, which you can buy in Bunnings, and also sells to Grain Corp for these coverings for their grains. So, you have uh, powerful customers in in Bunnings and Grain Corp. So that's not really ideal for any business. And on top of that, it's uh, it's quite high capital expenditure as a manufacturer. Um, On the plus side, it's a genuine... um, it's actually a global business, a small Australian manufacturer, and of course, it's it's quite cheaply priced based on um, its balance sheet. Um, this next suggestion from Ruby is Technology One. Now, Technology One is an enterprise software for it's software used for big corporates um, for their project management and linking all their staff up together. Brisbane base. Um, has been listed on the market for quite a while and regarded as one of our our best tech stocks here in Australia and a firm favourite of of Rudy. What do you reckon? Still a favourite? You said it all. Still a favourite? Why? 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 Well, here's the thing. They survived the dot-com years. They're from that era. So they're they're one of the few that you will recognise from the the year 2000 when everything came falling down. And they, they didn't only thrive... Uh, they not only survive, but they're actually thriving. I mean, yeah. uh, average earnings per share growth for memory is around 16% over mm-hmm. that period. There are very few companies who have such a track record on the stock exchange. Um, what makes this company interesting is, is also that it's relatively small in size still. I mean, it has by no means the, the same size now as, a, as an Appen or, or, or an Altium or a Zero, mm. which are all much, right. much, much larger. So. What, what makes this company now interesting, apart from its legacy, is that it's now transferring its customers into the cloud. Yep. And that, I mean, that's the other big trend that we are seeing globally. Yep. And the reason why companies will continue doing that, which is basically their customers, is because it actually, ultimately, it saves them money. It makes, yep. it makes things cheaper, uh, easier to handle, uh, you name all that. So that trend is going to continue for the years ahead. This company often claims that they will uh, double in five years in yep. size. If you sort of think that if they do double digits each year, that's not such an extraordinary claim. That's what happens. So the next question then becomes, well, okay, that, that they have all the qualities that you, that you acquire as a long-term investor. At what price are you going to buy in? Yeah. Right. If you're waiting for a low PE, you're never going to buy it. Yeah. Right? So you have to just pick your point and just have to basically trust in the fact that they, um, that they will do the right thing and they will not have a horrible year at some stage. Um, And then you just have to pick your point. In the current context, I think a fair value price is is probably $8.50 and a little bit above it. Right. You will find that the share price... It's that about now. Exactly. exactly. It's come down from 10 bucks. Yeah. So at $10, it's it's arguably a little bit too hot under the collar. Yeah. $8.50, it gets to an interesting entry point. Right. 
that's basically how I play um, uh, myself. Um, I mean, I necessarily don't exit and, and, and go back in all the time. But what I did is when it was $10, I sold some shares. Right. And now it's below my usual allocation. Right. So now I might consider, I mean, just upping it again. Right. And, uh, and if the share price for some reason falls, then I mean, that, I mean yeah. I'm still believing in, the, in that large. I mean, the one thing on the macro level that could upset the, the technology one story is if all of a sudden that whole cloud migration story comes to an end, which I don't see happening. No. The other thing is if for all of a sudden we, we're getting a, a different dynamic in bond markets and in, in bond yields, right. which will pu pu push pressure on, on stocks like technology one. Right. To be honest, I don't see that Can't happening. That. And yeah. I don't see it happening either. Yeah, so yeah. For the, well, for the central banks are giving a clear indication of that. And they're going to control the bond market. Yeah. Yeah. RBA is already doing it. The Japanese yeah, are the doing, it. doing it. The market is waiting for the Fed to, to yeah. announce it next time. So yeah. um, I think it's basically, it's, it's one of those stocks where you can, uh, with, with quite some comfort, say, you, you buy them, put them in the bottom drawer, yeah. you collect some dividends each year, and in five years' time, the share price is and a, a lot higher. 16% return is pretty good <laughs> Every year. this market. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, Claude, are you going to uh, argue the opposite? No, I can't argue the opposite on this one. I, I guess I would add a sociological dimension to look at technology one from, which is that uh, I think that this transition from um, more traditional software licensing to software as a service thing is key to what's going on at the moment. Typically, what you see when companies go through that transition is they have lower profit profit growth or even no profit growth, but um, they're tr that's because through going to a recurring revenue software as a service model, they get less upfront freeze, which on a one-time basis just reduces that uh, revenue growth. And so we may be seeing some of that with technology one. And if that's the case, then I actually think the next year or so is a key time to consider um, trying to build a position in the stock. And that's what I'll be doing. I've definitely got a close eye on this one if um, the market loses some of its love for the, for the okay so so would you be buying it at this price or do you um, do you get in at this price and and average down over the next year i think it would be quite reasonable to to do just that and if it weren't for the fact that i'm so focused on healthcare stocks at the moment i might even do that myself at, at right. present it's it's really close to the top of my watch list i haven't bought any yet but it wouldn't need to get much lower, and it's definitely one I want to buy if there's any market-wide sell-off or, or jitters, which we may, of course, see. Okay. All right. So, Ruby, uh, big tick for technology one from both uh, Rudy, which we expected, but also from Claude, which is a good backup and second opinion, as we like to say. All right. Our third stock uh, comes from, suggestion comes from Ben. Link Administration, Claude, uh, biggest provider of Basically, they do all the administration for a lot of superannuation funds, the administration of, of running them, don't they? Yeah, that, that's right. There's a lot of administration of, um, I guess, old world financial companies, of course. As I think I mentioned last time we talked about this, uh, many investors will get the occasional letter from Link administration themselves. Now, there's, there's a few dynamics here. You know, once upon a time, this was a company that did quite well from essentially the float that is money that they held temporarily while companies were raising capitals and that and that kind of thing, if I recall correctly anyway. But in a low interest rate environment, that that's not really a big thing. 
And, um, of course, I think what worries me the most is that I feel like a lot of these administrative processes, often they are regulated, but the regulations um, haven't really caught up with the digital age. So my biggest concern here is that as regulations allow increased digitization of administrative services, where's that going to put um, link in? Also, you've got, you know, the ASX is trying to uh, change the way things done. It's basically, I see link as on the wrong side of a lot of innovation in financial services. So that's my big concern with them. Having said that, they do have one investment that I really like, which is um, the PEXA, which is the property settlement service, which I actually see as reasonably innovative. As a result, wow. I would avoid the company, but I definitely uh, think it's worth watching for the long term. Okay, Rudy. Uh, I yeah. There, there are a couple of companies in this sector, aren't they, that provide yes, admin yes, services? Yes, 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 we do, and and many of them have on, have on occasion have um, uh, disappointing uh, yeah. trajectories in the, in their business. Um, I mean, I used to own. Uh, link uh, because it had that it had that promise of being a, a very reliable solid long-term performer that promise has gone out the window and I think it's in addition to what Claude has, has described I think it's link is now searching for an, for an identity right? Right. It, it does it does too much now I think it's almost becoming a financial conglomerate right. and a lot of it is is under pressure right. Right? Um, um, so I don't like it anymore uh, not only has the promise not fulfilled, but if you see, for example, I mean, at this point in time, the, 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 the super fund of the journalists is talking to the super fund of a few unions to get merged, to merge. You never know how that's going to pan out for Link, because um, they might either win a few more seats or they might lose uh, many, uh, depending on who gets the upper hand in those mergers. And those mergers yeah. will increasingly start happening in Australia. Yeah. I mean, in the UK, they've become a fund manager themselves. And in, in Southern Europe, they now become basically a small, a small lender. Yeah. Um, and they still have the, the, the registration services. Right. Uh, for me, it's, uh, there's a dragon yeah. with too many, too many heads there. Right? So, I see what you mean. It's sort of almost become yes. a conglomerate in financial services yes. rather than yes. what, exactly. what made it great, if you like. Yes, yes exactly. And, and, and what made it great once upon a time is now under pressure yeah. and hasn't really fulfilled on the promise. So for me, it's, for me, it's a no, yeah. even though um, if you do buy it, if you're interested, I would agree with Claude, you buy it for PEXA, which right. they, which they uh, if, if anyone wants to look it up, it's P-E-X-A, um, they're going to they're gonna float that next year. Ah. So that's one of the reasons, and it probably will amount to a, to a higher share price. But right. um, yeah, long term, medium term, as an investor, I basically have shut it aside and okay. I've better stocks to look at. All right. Okay, Ben, uh, that's the opinion on Link Administration. Um, our next stock, uh, Rudy, New Hope Corporation, um, a coal miner with, um, with mines in um, basically Queensland. Uh, also, Washington sold Pattinson. Own a big stake in it as well. It's Very long-term investor in, it's in part the, of that Brickworks, yes. Salt yes. Paddinson, yes. Whitehaven triumvirate yes. that they yes. all protect each other. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it's a big no. You have to you have to give the credit to the financial industry. Uh, <laughs> this stock is in the in the lobbies called No Hope Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Why? Reason, Just because it's in coal. Well, that's one of the reasons. The yeah. other reason is, which I was about to mention, is they have a, 
a coal mine which is called or the Eklund pro project yep. and they their second phase is about to run out of coal essentially oh. and they've already announced if they don't get the approval for for the expansion they have to they have to slow cut it down basically and and, and sack their staff oh. that's September and we're now September and we're now a few months out and they still don't have the approval to to go to go ahead right. with the uh, and obviously there's a lot of opposition because it's one coal mine isn't it in, yeah, but it's quite important company. for them. It's quite important for them. Yeah. Um, and and there's a lot of opposition from uh, from uh, regional uh, lobby groups, from 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 uh, environmentalists, from farmers, and it's up in the courts, and they don't get approval. Right. Okay. And so uh, I would I would for the risk I wouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just <laughs> makes it too complicated. Exactly. Exactly. It? And it's also like if if they don't get approval, it's 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 really bad news for them. Yeah. And okay. it's it is drawing closer. Yeah. Um, Claude, what do you think of, uh, of New Hope? I suspect, given your environmental, ethical bent, anything to do with coal, you'd be avoiding. I can't say I would avoid anything to do with coal, but certainly New Hope is a bridge too far for me. Uh, when it comes to <laughs> the, them doing new coal mines and needing new coal mines, I think there's a lot of community opposition to that. Of course, it may happen. But longer term, I think that it, it is going to go downhill. Ultimately, we do, in my lifetime, we will move away from coal, if nothing else. We're not going to solve climate change particularly quickly, but overall, the world is moving away from coal. And so that's too much of a headwind for me, want to, want to face that one. And of course, it is very political and it's very hard to predict what will happen. So I would prefer invest elsewhere. That is certainly true. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, so a no for New Hope. Uh, regular viewers of the call will remember we had Whitehaven Coal on a couple of days ago, earlier in the week, and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor said no to Whitehaven. He likes New Hope because it's such a simple coal miner, yeah. but it's sort of basically one mine, a drag line, a couple of, um, couple of trucks to take yeah. the coal out. And... He was saying new technology, power technology in Japan is moving mm. away from uh, uranium and into this sort of clean, mm. high-grade coal. Which all, it's now all they have to get is the court on site. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. If you've got a problem with your mind that running out, that's a, <laughs> that's a different layer. All right, our uh, fifth stock, Cromwell Property. Now, it's a real estate investor across a number of co continents. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, why should... Uh, this is just run-of-the-mill property. Uh, but when you throw in a board tussle, yes, um, and also um, Gary Weiss, ex-Ron Briley's partner in Briley Investments and IEL and the like, uh, he's involved in it. It really it adds sort of a, a bit of corporate flavour to it. Yeah, well, um, well, it does, and it definitely will, will keep the share. It will keep the share price probably where it is for a while. But right. I'm not so sure as an investor whether you you want to take those on board those extra complications. Yeah. Because um, as history shows you, if it goes the wrong way or it doesn't go the way yeah. that the market thinks it is, then the share price tanks. Gary's a pretty good corporate writer, though, isn't he? In the um, past. I think the thing a while ago is yep. when people say like Warren Buffett is such a great investor. Yeah, but that was two decades ago. Yeah? Right. Okay. <laughs> when I arrived in Australia two decades ago, he was on the front page of the newspaper every time. Yeah. Right? Now exactly. we hardly see him in the, in, the, in the small columns on page eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, things change in life. Right? Right. So I would the extra complication. Uh, I wouldn't I mean 
unless I would be in the stock and have no reason to um, to, to to sell it. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily gonna buy a stock because it's now uh, upheaval on the board level and and. Yeah. One investor is not acquiring the whole of the company. They just want to have a majority stake. Yeah. And then and there's not even, not even certain where they're going to get them because the share price now is higher, I believe, than what they're actually trying to offer to shareholders. Right. So it's very uncertain exactly how that's going to pan out. Yeah. And that's, for me, that's not a good reason to, to, to move in. If you're in there, I wouldn't sell yeah. because you can always bank on the fact that on a good scenario, the share price might go higher. Yeah. Right? yeah and yeah. you're still getting your dividends and all that. But... Yeah. And maybe you offer your shares to the to the guys who want them, but yeah. as a new investor, I wouldn't go there. Right. Okay. Claude. Yeah, I'd avoid it too. Certainly, a takeover offer below the current share price doesn't really get, even if it's a profit, definitely uh, doesn't impress me. So I don't really see the the point in buying shares in this one. On top of that, I'd layer the fact that, uh, from a macroeconomic perspective. Uh, property is one of my least favorite uh, plays right now. I really don't think that uh, the coming recession will be kind to landlords. Already we're starting to see some um, rent reductions flow through to the businesses and in, in, including residents that pay landlords regularly. So for me, uh, real estate in general is something to be cautious of right now. Okay. All right. So that's a... Uh... A no from both uh, Rudy and Claude on that. That We're halfway through uh, the call um, with that stock. We'll get to the other five very shortly. But just to recap, if you've just joined us, uh, Sonic Health was our stock of the day. A no from Rudy uh, and a yes from, uh, from Claude. Gale Pacific, no from both of them, a bit too small. Uh, Technology One. A yes from both uh, Rudy and Claude, and it's currently at levels where you would start to think of uh, acquiring some. Link administration, no, because it's being uh, too complicated a business at the moment, and, and its core business is under a bit of threat from new technology. Uh, new Hope, uh, a no in the, the coal industry there, and, and a threat that one of its mines is actually running out of coal if it doesn't get approval to, to extend it. Uh, and Cromwell Property, a no as well. So that's our, uh, our top five of our 10 stocks so far. Um, suggestion number six, uh, Rudy comes from Angelo, and he's looking for your view on an ETF, the Beta Shares Crude Oil Index. Yeah, interesting. Well, you're basically, you're basically punting on the direction of oil price, yeah. the long and the short of it. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to the obvious. Um, when oil goes to something ridiculously low, uh, maybe that's the time to take a little bit of a contrarian view, contrarian to the market direction. Yeah. When oil now has um, rallied to $40 per barrel and it's sort of like in a wait and see mode, maybe that's not the time to, add, to enter that right. type of trade. Personally, um, I mean, I know I mean, uh, investing is also uh, taking risk on board. Uh, for me, this type of, of, uh, of, of instrument, this type of market strategy, for me, it's too risky. Right. I, mean, um, I mean, I read research every day and I see every day how the smartest people in the market get it wrong every day. Uh, at the moment, the, the market is so divided. Well, the market is convinced that oil price next year will be higher than now. Yeah. But between now and then, that's where the market is divided. I mean, right. which direction is going to go first? I mean, right. before we get to sixty-five dollars again. Right. 
if you're convinced, if you if you can hold out until it gets to 65 again, this is the instruments to buy. Right. But it can it might go lower in the meantime, yeah. and you might have to wait longer. And maybe things between now and next year change again, and then that $65 gets pushed out by another year, right. and that's where you're sitting with your investment. Right. So, for me, it's it's too speculative, speculative, too risky. Yeah. Um, so I would say only do it when you have the stomach and, and the patience yeah. and, and the conviction. And, and also, there are a lot of things at play here beyond your control, Absolutely. is it? Yeah. You've got, got the Saudis who are trying to keep the oil price down so all the shale oil producers in America go broke. Yeah. So they're not competition anymore. The only reason America is self-sufficient in oil is because of the shale oil producers. So you want to keep it below, below their break even. And then over the top of that is, what's the demand for oil as the world, yes. as the global yes. economy, as the IMF was showing last night, is still going to be in a big contraction for the next 12 exactly. months. Exactly. So yes. that's playing on the oil price. And they're all things we have no control, no. No control over or management of any company does. And, and, and if, if the US is, is going to lock down even a little bit more now, yeah. this, is, this is the key driving season in the US. Yeah. So it's going to weigh up and inventories are too high. Yeah. Sometimes, what we have to realize is sometimes that, that the speculation in the market goes a little bit beyond what is what is happening yeah. in, in the real world. Yeah. But at some stage, it will correct. Yeah, and that uh, news last night saying the Florida um, exactly. yes. sort of figures are going through the roof. Texas is going through the roof. New York is uh, banning people from s some states for to visit yes. New York yes. during this summer period. And it looks as though California is on the brink of doing something exactly yes, the same. Yes. So America is, you know, we worry about Victoria. Blimey, Victoria is nothing no, compared exactly, with what exactly. they're coping with in no. America during the summer driving yes, season. Exactly. So in, in my portfolio, I try to take on less risk, basically. Right. Like if I'm wrong, I mean, I'm, I, can, I, can, I can stomach 5% or 10%. Yeah. That's, that's usual volatility. Yeah. I can't stomach 25 or 30. No. Right? I try to avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> Claude, what do you think of, uh, of not only this ETF, but from what Rudy was saying in terms of that outlook for the oil price? I think you guys have covered the ETF really well. I would add about the ETF that you've also got currency, uh, a factor in there that makes it really hard to predict the returns. So that's something definitely worth considering if you were, did want to play the ETF. And then in terms of the overall macroeconomic view, I definitely don't think now is the time to be getting into a, an aggressive recovery play. I think what we're seeing in the travel stocks and stuff is a bit of a realization that this um, the potential for rolling lockdowns and quasi lockdowns throughout the world is absolutely still present. And on top of that, if you just look at an overall global scale, uh, there's growing cases of coronavirus throughout the world once you lump everything together. So for massive macroeconomic plays like oil price, this is definitely a negative in my view. So yeah, it's a very contrarian play and it, it could work, but it definitely feels like gambling to me uh, to, to buy yeah. such... Okay. All right. So uh, a furious agreement there on the oil price. It will be a bit tough to do it. All right. Our next stock um, is people infrastructure. Rudy, this is a, this is a platform, uh, a staff management, staff yeah. recruitment type platform exactly. and an HR 
if you like, human human resources platform that big companies can and, use. And their are, there, there are main customers are in the healthcare sector. So they do right. nurses, for example. Right, okay. Um, and that's basically what, what, what I'm assuming what uh, uh, catches people's attention. I mean, they, they should be doing uh, quite well. Um, the, the, the negatives are that I think from memory they only listed three years ago, I believe. Um, they, they're still basically chiseling their way out in, as, as a market positioning and as, as, as a as an, uh, stock that uh, has yet to attract uh, too much, a lot more attention from investors. But right. I think they were, they were on their way of, of doing quite well before the, before the pandemic hit, which could, if, you, if you take a long term, longer term chart, you'll, you'll see the share price uh, yeah. ran up in 2019. Um, I mean, I guess the market is now waiting. See, that's what, that's what I was yeah. talking about. See, I guess the market is now waiting because obviously the healthcare industry itself is, is not unblemished from the whole pandemic. I mean, no. it has an impact as well. Right? And, and you're quite right because not only health, they say childcare, infrastructure, yes. mining and the food industry. Yes, exactly. Oh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there are quite yes. a few that have been hit yes, exactly. completely. Yes, exactly. So, um, I guess if you buy this stock, you're basically, you, have to, you have to bank on the fact that, that we, we are opening up as society and their business, their customers will start hiring or looking for staff again yep. because that's where they come in. Um, which I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit on, on I mean, I, I, would, I would say don't buy it if you don't own it and, and just wait from the sidelines because I don't right. think the economic recovery will be as strong as the market would like it to be. Yeah. And that means you'll have all the time of the world to, to get back in at the okay. later stage. When all right. So the IMF comes out mm. and says our recovery will be better than yeah. it first expected. Okay. Uh, yes. Last night. Yeah. But it's also saying virtually the rest of the world yes. exactly. is going to be as bad yes. or a bit worse. Yes. So, um, yes, this might be, are you saying this may not be hammered, may, it's business, as much as we thought, but but yes, it but will we, get caught up in the ex- trade, exactly. the global if, if, winds. But that also, we but also if we if we still close down Victoria, yeah. See, then you see the yeah. delays already happening there. I yeah. mean, it's not the, the most positive scenario. Yeah. So, but do we follow the U.S. market? Like, if the U.S. is bad, yeah, we actually do. Will we get clobbered? Unfortunately, even, even though we're yeah, good, is yes. it's sort um, of my point. Unfortunately, we do. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, yes. I mean, okay. Um, if you follow the, the, the share market locally, um, in the bad times, we underperform to the downside. Yeah. In, in, the, in the good times, we still underperform to, on the upside. Yeah? Right. Unfortunately, yeah. on, the only one exception I came across was the, the, the four or five years after 2004, yeah. uh, when the resources industry was so strong that Australia outperformed the rest of the world, including right. the US, yeah. because we had the BHPs and, and the Fortescues. That, I mean, yeah. But I, I haven't seen any other periods not in my time, that we are actually outperforming yeah. the US on a consistent basis. Yeah. It's, I mean, it just not happening. See, that's what worries me a bit, that yes. even though we're doing better than we think, yes, but and know. we think the Australian <laughs> companies, okay, they'll, they'll do better than yeah. we think. It's yeah. what is happening on yes. share markets yes. globally, yes. which will still have an impact. Yes. And, the, yeah. the irony is that Australian banks, for example, are so different from American banks. I mean, yeah. There's almost no comparison. But if the American banks tank, CBA and ANZ and the rest, they will tank. They will do it as well. Okay. Uh, Claude, what do you think of people infrastructure? I think it's definitely investable. And I can understand why someone who is a value investor might want to have a look at this. Because 
Uh, if you're looking for something on a lower multiple of earnings that it has a sustainable business, then this probably is such a thing. Such stocks are pretty out of favor at the moment, given that a lot of the hot retail money is chasing, you know, the, the really nice, exciting growth stories, which this isn't really that exciting in any way. Uh, but if someone, yeah, I actually quite like it. Uh, I think that Rudy's right about the potential for, you know, we've got this hammer and dance situation going on in Australia, which is great because we've got um, the COVID under control largely. But the problem is, as we have periodic little outbreaks, we're going to have to take measures to deal with that. And that's not going to be great for overall employment. So I'm a bit worried about that. I think that overall demand over the next year or two for um, the, these guys will probably be a little bit weaker than it has been in the past. And that means that probably the share price won't be doing anything particularly exciting. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's definitely one worth keeping an eye on because I definitely see this company emerging uh, stronger in, in five years than it is today uh, if it continues with its uh, current uh, trajectory. It seems to have done fairly well since listing a few years ago. Okay. All right. So um, I watched that one from, um, from Claude and no from Rudy. Uh, but Claude, uh, Julianne uh, su suggested our eight stock Elmo software it's sort of in the same area, the same sector, isn't it? Um, HR, payroll software, uh, basically eliminating the back end for a lot of companies, outsource it to this software, they'll do it all for you. So similar type of business. It's, it's not too similar because uh, Elmo software is more, I guess, a more attractive uh, part of the technology stack than, uh, or a part of the industry than people infrastructure is. That should allow, at maturity, although I admit right now it doesn't, at maturity, Elmo software should actually be able to have pretty impressive profit margins. Yeah. So what they essentially are doing is they're built, they have started with an HR solution which helps people track, you know, uh, basically employee attendance and, you know, how they're all doing. They've got, you know, rewards and recognition. They have ongoing education for their, um, their teams. And all of that can be done through the platform. Now, they've also gone into payroll, which is really important for them because that's often a source of truth for such companies. Now, they're quite well represented in Australia. And that could be an advantage if Australia ends up going better than uh, other overseas companies. And then the other thing that these guys are doing quite well is they keep on either acquiring or building new modules and then selling that into their investing customer base, sorry, existing customer base. And that's why I like them. I don't currently own shares in this one, but I have owned shares in the past and I definitely think it's uh, actually quite like it and would lean from hold towards buy on this one just because they seem to be managing to increase their revenue per customer. And I think at the end of the day, they'll be able to be mm. quite profitable. The, ma the main sticking point for me is price. It's just a little too expensive. Okay. All right. Uh, Rudy? Yep, I, I agree. It looks expensive. Um, the analysts who cover it are quite divided about it. Right. Uh, it's not profitable. Um, it, it, I don't think there's a, any prospect of becoming profitable anytime soon. Um, the difference between uh, people and infrastructure is that they are basically a placement bureau outside businesses. Elmo basically works for HR divisions inside large businesses. Right. Um, they recently raised capital, um, which the, here goes the theory which now places them in a, in a better position than their competitors uh, who might be uh, staffed for capital. So these guys can now fund their growth. 
Um, it's all well, but it's still not profitable, and it's still very much dependent on society opening up and I mean and 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 yeah. taking on more software in the business. If you are worried a little bit about the share market going through some tougher times, like today we are, for example, yeah. I actually think that the second half will look very different from the first half. Companies like um, Elmo, they can get clobbered because there's 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 no dividends, there's no profits. Yeah. Um, they can go as low as the next guy can 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 forward that. Um, so just out of a risk assessment, I think it's probably best. If you want to jump on board on, on, on companies like uh, Elmo, just wait until they get clobbered and right. then jump on board then. Okay. Because if you're sitting now, then you get clobbered with the share price. Right. So I think it's a risk assessment here because, listen, there's no profits to, talk, to, be, to be talking about in here and there's no dividends whatsoever. Sure. So it's purely now them getting dragged on in, in the tech sector um, right. and they're by no means of the same okay. ilk just yet as, as the... Right. The top companies we have. Okay, let's go back to a comment you made about 30 seconds ago. Um, the share market in the second half is going to look very mm. different to the mm. first half. Mm. How? Um, because we're going, we're going to come to the conclusion that um, as, as, as strategists, as City said this morning, we've had a bounce, not a recovery. And, I, and the IMF yeah. will exactly. So we've all priced in a V-shaped recovery now, and now we're going to come to the conclusion that's not going to happen. Right. And that's going to be the second half, I think. Right. Uh, sort of a reasonable uh, rap from Claude there. Not glowing, um, but a no from, uh, from Rudy. Our uh, night stock has been suggested by, by Peter Claude, and um, it is Mineral Resources, a mining services company in iron ore, the old lithium again, um, and manganese. What do you think of Mineral Resources? Have we lost Claude? Uh, All right. We'll yeah. Oh, I, I might try and get get you back, uh, Rudy. We'll have to blame the LBL again. Yeah, yeah. Um, mineral resources. Mineral resources. It's, it, I know it does manganese and, and, and lithium, but it's basically at this point in time, it's basically a call on the iron ore. Right. right. Um, it's that eternal question. I mean, uh, what's iron ore going to be like of the, ne the next six months and, yeah. and into next year? Like I. I see the analysts really struggling with that question. I mean, yeah. I know they've been saying this for, for quite a while. Iron ore will fall, iron ore will yeah. fall. Well, I noticed Vale um, came out a couple of days ago and said they're getting back to full production. This is the big Brazilian yes. mine, yes. which is humongous. So it oh, it's, the largest, for, it's largest producer, basically. Uh, I mean, so 30% yeah. of iron ore production in the world comes out of this one Brazilian mine that had right. to close down because mm. of COVID-19 and how bad it was in yes. Brazil. Yes. Now starting back up again. Exactly. So... Uh, we don't know exactly how that's going to relate to uh, main, but I mean, if you believe that iron ore is going to it's going to stay high for longer, yep. then mineral resources is is is, is, mean, is, is the leverage play outside of uh, Fortescue and yep. and Mount Gibson and a few other ones. Uh, I mean, um, for me again, uh, <laughs> that's a ritzy share price. Isn't it? Well, that's exactly exactly. Um, it, I was about to say, it's, I'm going to say the obvious. Uh, September last year and March this year was so much better entry points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I mean, it's 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 very volatile. They are, I mean, together with with the Monodelphus, I mean, they are probably regarded as the the top tier we have in Australia in in yeah. that services because yeah. they service basically as well. Yeah. Now, they don't mind themselves; they do that too. Yeah. But they service some of the big boys as well. Yeah. Um, 
so I think at this point in time, um, even if, if my prediction is correct that the second half will be tougher, then this share price will probably be lower. Right. And maybe that's the time when you when you look into buying okay. them. All right. Claude, what do you reckon of mineral resources? Sorry about that before. Yeah, I think that that's this right. is my favorite in the mining services uh, space. Uh, the reason mm. being you've got a good uh, founding shareholder, MD. Uh, it's got a good long-term history showing uh, decent shareholder returns and, and dividends and a reasonably healthy balance sheet. Now, the reason that I'm so key on that sort of, I guess, that long-term performance for a mining services company is because it's actually a really hard business. It's really difficult uh, to create value for shareholders in this industry over the long term uh, because it can be low margin and, and very cyclical. So uh, that is why I admire... Uh, this company, but it's also why I avoid the industry altogether. Okay. Um, it versus Monodelphus. Uh, so Monodelphus is, is right up there for me, but um, I have to say this is my favorite. It's, it's quite diversified right. and uh, I I actually just simply have spent more time looking at it. So maybe I feel more comfortable with with Monodelphus. Right. Uh, sorry, with right. mineral resources than Monodelphus. Okay. All right. Uh, and our final stock um, is CSL. Uh, this has been suggested uh, by Anne, the old Commonwealth Serum Laboratory. It's basically in blood, is a plasma yes, right. blood, uh, around and the blood. world, and, biggest and, in the world. And flu, and, and flu, flu, the number yeah, yeah. Two, two player in the, in the world, and flu. Yep. Um, contrary to what you said at the beginning, I'm actually quite sad that we can't talk an hour about CSL. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll offer a, an alternative explanation, some information right. to people. If you want to understand CSL, you have to understand now, it, 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 in the current context, it trades contrary to the reflation trade. Right. So basically, if, if the banks are rallying, if PHP is rallying, is, if Fortescue is rallying, and the likes of Monodelphus and Mineral Resources, you will find there's no interest for CSL or hardly any interest of CSL. Right. And you see that this year that it, it really is a pendulum that swings from one end to the other one. Yeah. You'll find in, in recent, in recent the past week or so, CSL share price is gradually creeping up, right? It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Exactly. And that's exactly what I just described. That's, that's, that's how you understand yeah. in this context CSL. So if the second half will be tougher for, for the share market in general, then CSL should do okay. quite well. So right? the all odds is currently down 116 points. CSL share price is up $2.50. Um, so bad news in America for COVID-19 and the spread of it mm. is actually quite good news for CSL, isn't it? In the general terms, well, yes, unless the, their, their collection is also impacted because they actually have centers in, in the, in the yeah. south of the US. So yeah. it's, not, it's not a black and white thing. Yeah. But in, in, in terms of the share market, uh, when, when the share market thinks like it has to sell off uh, the banks and, and the resources, yeah. it, it tends to flog into, uh, into yeah. CSL. Yeah. So do, do you have a, obviously, if you could have picked it up in March, and I think you did. Uh, I bought some extra. I never, I never was out of it, but I, right. bought, some, I bought some. I right. did the same thing as, as with, in, in general terms, as with, with Technology One. Yeah. When CSL was, um, I don't know where it was, three, 340 or so, yeah. um, I sold a little bit, not much, but a little bit, just topping it up a little yeah. bit. And then when it when it sold down, I, I added some, so I topped up again. Uh, Claude, what do you think? Yeah, just to echo some of those comments, uh, CSL is really in the business of keeping people alive, whether that's um, saving them from 
um, heart attack number three or uh, providing vaccines that can also save their life. And it is in an excellent position to do this. It's very hard to build a huge network of plasma collection. And obviously that is extremely important to uh, many people because most of these treatments uh, are not, even the flu vaccine, but most of the treatments are not necessarily one-off things uh, when you are talking with um, blood diseases. So there's plenty of ongoing need for blood products from uh, different people for different reasons around the, around the world. And on top of that, if you ever do have a shortage in terms of plasma uh, collection levels, whilst that is sort of a negative for CSL, it also does mean there's like all the more power and importance to those companies that do have the, pl the plasma and that's CSL. So if you sort of uh, take a bit of a philosophical view of what's happening with large companies right now in the world, which is that I guess large companies are becoming more and more powerful and able to ensure that their interests and their shareholders' interests are looked after. CSL is definitely probably Australia's most powerful global company. Um, and, and for that reason, I have always paid a lot of attention to it and um, do actually own shares now. I think I bought it around the same time as Rudy when it, when it pulled back not too long ago. Uh, just to recap on the uh, final five stocks, uh, Beta Royal, um, um, ETF, a no from both. Uh, People Infrastructure, a no from Rudy. Claude's put it on his watch list as a potential growth stock. Elmo, a no from uh, Rudy, but a yes from Claude. Uh, Mineral Resources, Rudy is a no uh, because of what's happening in the, in the future with the, uh, with the iron ore price and the like. Uh, a yes from Rudy and unanimous on CSL. Chaps, thank you for that. Claude Walker from uh, A Rich Life uh, and Rudy from uh, FN Arena. Great to see you. My pleasure. All right. Um, thank you for your company today. If you would like to suggest any stocks for us to cover here on the call, remember we cover 10 every day. Um, email them through the call at osbiz.com.au or on Twitter at TV is the handle. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.